0: Welcome everyone to Dead Talk Live. Our guest today is Eli Roth, whose new film Thanksgiving is premiering exclusively in theaters Friday, November 17th. Eli, thank you so much for joining us today and congratulations on the film. So let's get Thanks, right John. let's get right to it. Now this film starts off with Black Friday to catapult us into the story. How did you want to depict a famous holiday for the beginning of this film?
1: Well, you know, the the idea, I've had this idea since I was a kid. My best friend, Jeff Rendell and I, we grew up in Massachusetts where Thanksgiving is a huge huge deal. It's like there's two separate pilgrim recreation villages you go visit with your school. There's the parade, you do a school play, everyone dresses like pilgrims. It's shoved down your throat. But at the same time as I was growing up, all the holiday slasher films were booming, you know, from Black Christmas to Halloween, but then My Bloody Valentine, April Fool's Day, Mother's Day, Father's Day and Creepshow, Silent Night, Deadly Night. And we were like, why isn't there a Thanksgiving movie? So we we had all these kills in our head, thinking there has to be a Thanksgiving-themed slasher of a pilgrim going crazy with an ax, chopping off someone in a turkey costume's head, and they run around like a turkey with their head cut <laughs> off. Um, but it really, once we locked into the Black Friday trampling, that's where we realized you know, we it's the inciting incident, the thing that starts it off. Because all these slasher films, I wanted to really follow the rules and conventions of the holiday slasher movie. And they always start off with a tragic event, someone's killed, and then it's years later, and people connected to it are getting picked off, and you have to guess who the killer is. So once we saw those, we knew we had to recreate a really, really, really brutal trampling And it was probably the most complex sequence I've ever had to direct in my life. We shot the whole thing in four nights, two outside, two inside. We had 600 extras for the outside. We had about, you know, 20 stunt people and 200 just extras that were running through and rioting and fighting. And our stunt coordinator Dan Skeen did an amazing job. The actors were incredible. We were so focused on how we did it, but we just went for it. I mean, the only way to do a scene like that is you just have to go for it and hope no one gets hurt and everyone worked together but it was incredible. The first time we did it. We're just like, holy shit. All the extras. Everybody wanted to be part of this riot scene. Uh-huh. And we all made friends with each other and everyone was nice. And if someone fell down, you pick them up and nobody got hurt. Everyone would yell cut and everyone's like laughing going, that was great. That was great. That was great. So <laughs> that it sounds was really incredible. incredible. It was an amazing group of people that listened and worked together. And we just grinded for four nights. And all night in Canada. And we came out with what I think is one of the best sequences of my career.
0: I agree. I agree. Now, it's obvious Thanksgiving uh, is not just a background theme for this movie. And that's evident in what you stated already in the creative kills in the film, all involving items from Thanksgiving. Did that integration process of Thanksgiving into the kills flow naturally for you? You mentioned it was something you've been thinking about for a while now. How did that all work out?
1: Well, it's it's hard not to think of them when you're thinking of Thanksgiving. You don't want someone killing on Thanksgiving. It's much more fun if they're using a meat tenderizer or corn in the cob or, you know, we knew we wanted to roast a human turkey. That was just how do we get to the human turkey and make it believable? Like, how do you get there where the audience isn't like, what? Where the people are just like, oh, my God, they really did it. So you got to earn it. So little things like, you know, the corn holders in the ears, once you get in that mindset, you just start looking around the Thanksgiving table and thinking of all the different things. Now, there's other ways we go. We, you know, dunk someone's head in water and stick them to a freezer door and they're stuck and then they have to rip their face off, uh, you know, and then a number of things happen after that. So there's things that I've always wanted to see done in a slasher film. Um, and there's, you know, just your your classic decapitations and whatnot, but the fun was coming up with ways to tie it to Thanksgiving. Every mm-hmm. time we did a Thanksgiving one, it's because it's the perversion of the holiday. Yeah. And that's what Black Friday is. These sales are a perversion of the holiday and the holiday is about being thankful and being thankful for your health and being with your family. And this Christmas sale just bled in so that everyone's saying, we're thankful, let's rush off and trample on each other to get the flat screen TV. Um, so that's what it is. That's what makes it sick. It's that you're taking this item, like the corn holders, that are there to protect you from getting your fingers burned, and using it to stab and puncture someone's eardrum. It's just, it's awful. Just because we've all had that experience with a Q-tip in our ear, yep. where your mom's like, "Don't go in your ear," and you're like, "I'm fine." It's like. The kid says on the box, no, it's for your outer ear. Don't put it in your inner ear. You're like, what do you Ah, You know, we've all had that. You <laughs> know what that feels like. So to have those sharp things going in, it's like the pencil in the ankle in Evil Dead. Nobody knows what a decapitation feels like, but we all know what a pencil in the yeah, ankle
0: is. Like. Absolutely. Now, so, slasher that's film, the fun of it. It, it seemed like you had such a blast making this. slasher films are yeah. making a big comeback. We uh, know from you as a filmmaker, you have a very unique creative uh, style and the way you tell your stories. Did you allow yourself to just really let go with Thanksgiving and have a blast on the set more so yeah. than you did in any of your other projects?
1: Well, Cabin Fever, we never had the money. We were raising money between takes. Hostel was the best time we had because we just it wasn't anything. It was a little $3 million movie that we were making with our friends. This felt like Hostel 1 because it was Milan Khadava, my DP who shot it and who shot Hustle 2 and uh the Thanksgiving trailer but we we wanted to get back to that you know I wanted to get back to down and dirty low budget filmmaking everybody is there because they want to have a great time everyone's bringing their A game there was there were no softball days in the schedule um you know the whole film we shot it in 35 days and it's a lot of movie packed in but I felt like you know I'm 20 years down the road doing this so I believe in the Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hours theory that takes 10,000 concentrated hours to master a particular skill. That's 10 years about. Uh-huh. So I'm in 20 years. So I should be hitting that 10,000 hours pretty soon. But you can approach it with a certain amount of confidence uh, and challenge yourself and say, like, I'm going to make this better than anything I have ever done in my life. Whatever those fears are, whatever those pressures are, you're putting that aside and we're just going to go for it. And making a movie really is a faith-based system. You just have to pray to God it's going to work out and that other people are going to like it. Because it's a thing in your head. And you go to everybody and you go, it's going to work. Give me this money. Trust me, it'll work. And then you got to do it. And That's you awesome. don't know. But then the actors come together. And then you put that energy out there. It comes back 10 times. Patrick Dempsey wants to be in it. Gina Gershon calls me out of nowhere. going, go, when are you putting me in a horror movie? I go, actually, we're casting a part right now. You want it? It's yours. Rick Hoffman. Hey, man, I live near Toronto. I hear you're going to be making a movie here. Rick, you want to be in it? Yeah, sure. Then after the movie Suits becomes the biggest show on television. So, you know, then Tim Dillon, who I love. It's like, Tim, come do a small part. He's like, yeah, it works out with my tour. Then we find these young actors like Nell Verlack, who's a true discovery. She's like a young Julia Roberts, incredible theater actor out of New York. And then Addison Ray reaches after me. She's like... I know you know me from social media, but I'm—I've been training. I'm serious. I want to prove myself. And she's magnificent in the film. And then Milo Manheim, who's only been doing Disney movies, like I'm dying to do something adult. I will kill to be in a in a slasher movie. I never get to do this stuff in Disney. And then Jalen Thomas Brooks, and then all the Canadian actors we found. You know, Joe Delphin and Gabriel Davenport and Tommaso Sannelli and Jenna Warren and everyone. Uh, Jalen Thomas Brooks came in. So we, we just—it's just when you put it out there and you start doing it. Uh, it kind of gains its momentum. It's really, really beautiful.
0: It sounds like it all came together for you beautifully. Before we let you go, uh, you co-wrote this uh, script. Um, writing this story out, did it, what kind of challenges did you face? Uh, did it flow smoothly? How did you work with your partner? Tell us about that. It was
1: hard. Look, Jeff and I are best friends, so we'll text each other 30 times a day about everything anyways and like what some random kid in high school is doing <laughs> uh, or elementary school that we found on Facebook or whatever. But um, you know, Jeff did a lot of the plotting, the mechanics. Like, I would be off doing another project, like House of the Clock and its Walls or Borderlands, and Jeff's like, I was like, dude, go to Plymouth. He lives in Boston. So I was like, go to Plymouth with, you know, talk, look, see what's there. And so he found the Cordage Museum. He found the tunnels underneath in Cordage Park. He found out that the first governor of New Plymouth Colony was named John Carver. Oh. I was like, what? He's like, that's a perfect slasher movie name. The the real governor's name is John Carver. So we're like, that's our killer. We, we called him the pilgrim before that, but now like, okay, it's John Carver. You can look him up. And so we took a picture and a drawing of John Carver that exists and based the mask off of that. So, you know, Jeff figured out the plotting, the mechanics, and, and he would come to my house like once a year and stay at my house. And we just ingest as many slasher films Edge of the Axe by Laraz. We watched like anything that's on Arrow, anything on Shutter, anything like you know, all of my Blu-rays. Like we're just ingesting horror movies and challenging each other. I'm like, this doesn't feel real yet. This doesn't feel like this isn't enough of a twist or who are the red herrings or how do we plot this? We spent a long time figuring it out, and Jeff really did the legwork to his credit. That's why he has the the sole screenplay credit. But we we thought of every character. But you know, it's that time that's what makes it good. It's just yeah. thinking through every single character, then casting the people and then rehearsing it. So, Jeff is with me every step of the way on set, every scene, and when we're rehearsing with the actors, writing it, improving, adding lines. Oh, this one can say this, this one can say that walking through, you know, a scene, okay, we know we're going to get to this point, but how are we going to do the cat and mouse of her hiding from the killer and then we see this pitchfork. It's like, what well, he picks the pitchfork and then there's a decoy like in predator and he doesn't fall for the trap and then the pitchfork goes through the wall. Like, we just start spitballing, you That's... know. And we're with our DP and he's like, "Oh, we can put the camera here and have this happen." And then he looks over the shoulder and it's crawling behind there. You just you're just kind of there. You have to trust that yep. you're good enough to figure it out and you just kind of go there on your own and walk around in the space stepping through it thinking every other thinking about mute witness we watched, which is such a great film the first 45 minutes that it's like pure cinema it's a beautiful movie um and scream and all of these moments where the teen is hiding from the killer in their house like how do we do our version of that and make the best sequences i've ever done in my life
0: eli thank you so much this movie is amazing you did a fantastic job just listening to you talk and just hearing the pleasure and the fun that you've had. Check it out, guys. The film is called Thanksgiving, premiering exclusively in theaters Friday, November 17th. On behalf of Eli Roth and myself, stay safe and stay walking. Bye, everybody.